Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. He's in rural Ohio with mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) Get Getting into his bed with like Ohio right. State bed sheets or something. <laughs> Pete Thamel. Rabel just picked up a couple of like out of work musicians in Nashville. <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. Two helipads. Where? Do, where's the yacht? Where do you put a yacht in Dallas? So where is it's, he? <laughs> in Cabo. Here's Pat. Pete and Dan. Hi, right, welcome to the pod. It's currently about 1 a.m. East Coast time after the draft. And uh, I know uh, I'm drinking. <laughs> you got company. We're unanimous, baby. We're all we're all drinking, although we're all drinking something different right now. Pete, you drinking too? Got yeah. a little margarita. Uh, Kate was nice enough to make me one after the uh, four-hour Yahoo draft show, which involved yes. me not moving for four hours. <laughs> so it is it's slightly strong and much needed after, uh, yeah. It, like When you do these draft shows, picks 20 to 30 or just you can prep all you want. But like when Jordan Brooks gets picked from Texas Tech, <laughs> like <laughs> Jordan with a Y, I was like, yeah, why? Why the hell did they pick him instead of Patrick Queen? <laughs> At that point, you're just like, yeah. He played at Texas Tech, and then you talk about Texas Tech for a while because you can't really talk anything about Jordan Brooks. <laughs> it's like Titus Howard last year from Alabama State. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, really uh, really interesting player, Eric Edholm. Why don't you tell us about his combine performance? Because I have no idea. So. Got a vamp. Got a vamp. Pete Pete was one of the hosts on our, our excellent Yahoo Sports draft show. I'm sure you all watched. Not ESPN's broadcast. Cracker Jack outfit over there. Uh, no, no, Pete, those things are harder than they, than they look. I I've been a part of the NBA one before and, uh, it looks easy. I'm not saying it, you know, there's no ditches getting dug, but (laughs) there is a moment when your brain just turns to mush. It is a lot of talking, a lot of talking. I could see Jordan Brooks linebacker at Texas tech was not a real, (laughs) no, prime focus <laughs> there was not a geyser of information from south boston on that pick well here's the thing how many tackles were picked in the first round it was probably six but it felt like 14 you can only say so much about a tackle like you know and i feel like the guys up top were like kind of similar you know what i mean like Worfs and wills and thomas got picked early i was yeah so at, at a certain point you're just like oh god what what, what am i possibly going to say about that guy so I don't know. It was fun. It was good. Uh, Eric Edholm is a, you know, is a font encyclopedic on the draft. So he was great. Tank offered great perspective. Uh, Williams, Charles Robinson went on a little run of tip and picks, which was fun to see. Uh, yep. You know, channeled his inner Woj there for a while and uh, had had everybody a few steps ahead. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun with the uh, with the old Y crew. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Well, Look at I'm going to say this. I watched um, some of the broadcasts online. I also watched the the ESPN one. I do admit. I'm going to say this. I thought this thing was phenomenal. I thought the NFL did a phenomenal job, uh, considering the challenges. And I actually thought it was a better draft uh, to watch than many of the most recent ones, if not all of them. I thought it was great. I thought the views into the houses was just phenomenal. I thought Goodell was great, and uh, I'm certainly 
no Roger Toady here. <laughs> uh, criticizing plenty, but on this, he was terrific. Normally, the the green room is the most awkward place on earth. It's like yeah. nervous energy. Yeah, I've, I usually go to the NFL draft, NBA draft. It is nervous energy, bad, like ill-fitting clothes. It's just, it's just awkward. You're stuffed around a table. Every the guys are too big. Like they're little so it's chairs. like the press room, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just the press room. That's just the press room. No, it's a, it's a mess, and it's like a camera in mom's face, and you're always looking at someone back of someone's head. This was phenomenal. The draft picks for the most of the families, they're just wearing T-shirts like it's Corona casual, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I thought, the best draft I've ever watched because it was so wow. different. It was so unvarnished and unrehearsable, basically. You Terrific. know, it was not a production. It wasn't a bunch of young men playing dress up with their families, as you said, in the green room. And then this big stage and all this lavish stuff. It was, as you said, it's a bunch of people sitting around in their living rooms waiting to find out what's going to happen. And, and then watching it happen. And there's the scenes like the coach's kids that are <laughs> hanging out in the background. Uh, Trying to just, get on TV. Wow. I mean, this was it was the most real draft of all time. It was just phenomenal seeing real people acting like real people as these things were happening. Just I am glad you said that because I didn't know what your answer was going to be on that. But I just loved it. I absolutely love the draft. Fantastic. A couple of things happened. One, they do the the draft party because of social distancing only had like their their families pretty much. It was was Joe Burrow and his parents. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> if the entourage was there, they at least kept them off camera. You know? Yeah, there was no entourage. There's no agent to hug, marketing guy, runner. There's just hanger-ons, everybody. It was just, you could tell they were all together as the family. And yeah, the the, the, the I mean, the thi- I'm going to go through a whole list of the crazy stuff we just saw. Because we saw inside of America's houses. And you're oh. just like, wait, what <laughs> just did I just see? So much good stuff. So we will get to that. But. Let's just take a moment for for Joe Burrow. Now, Joe Burrow is is a very blessed individual tonight. I think most of us would switch places with Joe Burrow. But but let's just imagine that Joe Burrow living one of the all-time great American dreams as the number one pick of the NFL draft, and it was going to be in Vegas. And rather than celebrating with his friends, maybe his family, who knows who he meets along the way in Las Vegas, Nevada tonight, He's in rural Ohio with mom and dad <laughs> Get, getting into his bed with like Ohio right. State bed sheets. Or something. <laughs> well, Dan, he famously for three years at Ohio State wore a uh, SpongeBob SquarePants pajama pants around yeah. the facility. And I was just hoping he would rock out to that couch wearing a SpongeBob uh, more than anything. Much like who had the robe? Was that Rugs? Yeah, yeah Rugs had the, in the old, old spice, spice robe. robe. <laughs> old spice robe. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, Joe Burrow is in his boyhood room sleeping yeah. there. So this is it. This right, is what it feels like. Yeah. 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 You know, that's the, the <laughs> biggest night of your young man life. You were going to be in Vegas. Now you're going to bed in your childhood bedroom. It's fantastic. In, in Athens, know. Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to light up the cigar like he did in uh, after they won the championship. His mom's probably like, no, not in the house. Oh, mom not will kick house. him out of the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, can I take this Craig Krenzel poster down or what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Didn't work out for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there was that needless to say fantastic it was a great night first of all it was as i've said i mean it's like it was present tense sports so that was fun just in and of itself because we have not had that in 40 days but then just yeah this completely different element of it was just i thought made it so much fun all right let me go through a couple of these oh yeah at one point, it looked like someone served Goodell ice cream. He had an ice cream sundae <laughs> on the little table next to him. <laughs> I didn't even okay. notice that. I missed Tremendous. that. Tremendous. Yeah. 
Tua Tungavailoa wore a suit anyway. It appears to be a houndstooth. Or, I mean, I don't know what this thing was. It's everybody's wearing sweats and jeans and T-shirts, and there's Tua in a suit. Yeah. God bless him. You know, he wanted in his to dress room. up. And, in you know, there is a clothier in Alabama who's been known to take care of the Crimson Tide. So, uh. you know, guy that makes suits. Jordan Love had a takeout order in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Judy had two pizza huts. <laughs> this is what I love, right? Hey, uh, Jerry's Wetzel's getting drafted doing the dinner tonight. check on everybody. What should we do? Jerry's getting drafted. Oh, call Pizza Hut. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. I like a family that on the biggest night of their family's life, they think, let's go get a couple Pizza Hut. Yeah, that's well, but it's not. Yeah, it's not like the Phoenician where in the green room they're going to serve you whatever yeah. you're, you know, or wherever the heck they were supposed to be. So, yeah, there was no broccoli rob at the uh, Burroughs house. <laughs> John Elway's in his living room. He's got three Lombardis stand uh, on oh, the yeah. end table. Yeah, <laughs> made sure to go wide angle so you get all the trophies. Gus Malzahn uh, <laughs> somehow got on the broadcast, and uh, he's in his rec room. There's a massive mural. It, it reads. Hurry up, no huddle. And it has a big picture of Gus on it. <laughs> and then he has a Galaga machine, arcade How machine. How about that? Yeah, that's very vintage early 80s. The old Galaga, man. That's that was awesome. Yeah, that was so that was cool. DeAndre Swift, it's a living room, featured a huge painting, his own mural of Superman, Batman. And Wonder Woman after augmentation, <laughs> as best I can. Did you see that thing? <laughs> well, don't you remember <laughs> Linda Carter who played Wonder Woman? She, you know. I don't even know if Linda Carter, a <laughs> fetching woman, could live up to the Wonder Woman. That was <laughs> How do you get that past your wife? <clears throat> Why? <laughs> what, was, what was bigger? Wonder Woman's augmentation or the Mackay Becton family. <laughs> you see them? Oh my gosh, those people were big. Oh my God. Wow. Becton's dad. Yeah. Absolute monster. Yeah. Oh my Lord. 425. Yeah. What do you think? Gotta be. You know, 6'8. Who knows? And then do you like his sister looked like she's like 6'5? You know, I mean, that. Holy cow, feeding and 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 clothing that family. I can't imagine what it cost. Incredible. And yeah. and they said his mom is a caterer who specializes in soul food. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she must be good. Mike Zimmer of Minnesota's got a roaring fire going. Yeah, and like an animal head. What was it? Was it a deer <laughs> or what do you have? Yeah. Very Minnesota. Some stuffed, stuffed animal head. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, God. Sprawled out on a white couch. He's got no socks on but dress shoes, watching TV. It doesn't appear to have a computer even in front of him. Uh, <laughs> classic Scottsdale bachelor pad. He's got a oh, mountain yeah. view in the back, a pool, a fire pit. Yeah. And a Florida, four post, Florida ceiling windows. Yeah. Florida ceiling window. Beautiful place. And a four post canopy outdoor bed that does not seem designed for social distancing. <laughs> I got real questions on whether Coach Kingsbury's been doing any real quarantining over there by himself. I have some questions about how, like, Cliff Kingsbury can afford a house that, like, I'm not sure Tom Brady could afford that thing. $4.4 I think That's it was. That's it? Yeah. That's all? Man. Well, remember, they paid nice him a they bunch to, to leave Texas Tech yeah. at. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I know. I see. I looked at that house and I'm thinking that's fifteen million. But if it's four point four, only four point four. Oh yeah. But it was still. like the house in Boogie Nights. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> we know where your mind was with Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Belichick at the no frills, oversized kitchen table at his place in Nantucket. Oh, interesting. He was there, huh? He had three laptops and then immediately traded out of the first round just to give America a bit of normalcy. I felt that <laughs> yeah, was a nice right. gesture. So Connor Orr from Sports Illustrated tweeted that, that it was crafty of him to trade down just to just to refuse to be on camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Then the ultimate flex. Jerry Jones from the living room of his 357-foot, 15-cabin, $250 million yacht that has a full gym, a steam room, a plunge pool, a rain shower, and not one, because why would one's not just going to cut it, but two helipads. Two helipads? Where do, where's the yacht? Where do you put a yacht in Dallas? So where is it's, he? <laughs> in Cabo? Where it's is down in Austin at Lake Travis. I think it fits in the lake. No, he's mm. in Miami. Okay. okay. Jerry. Jerry yeah. just moves it to his yacht. Why not? Oh. He got a yacht that big. You knew Jerry was picking C.D. Lamb. There was never a doubt in oh. my mind. Oh, he, like, yeah. He won't He won't give Doc that money, but he gave him a nice present. Yeah, right. Uh, let's just get to whatever the hell's going on at Mike Vrabel's Tennessee house. This thing was like the Tiger King Ranch in Oklahoma. <laughs> As I said, the, the only thing I can even come close to putting in the same category as far as what the hell am I looking at in the draft was the Laramie, Laramie Tunsil gas mask. You know, it's like, <laughs> is this really happening right now? Are we looking at the coach of the AFC runner-up with a, talk, a Tiger King-looking dude with the mullet and the jersey, and then the guy dressed as Frozone, and then the guy who appears to be sitting on the toilet in the base, like, and, and Vrabel's just sitting there stoic, you know, like, yeah, we're ready to draft here. Like, he had a big chew in his mouth. Yeah. Like, we're going to construct the most absurd scene we possibly can because we can. It's just fantastic. Vrabel is one of the bigger characters that I've run across in, in all this. I got to know him uh, oh, a little bit at Ohio State, and then I would see him always at the Combine or whatever. He likes a good joke. Like, he loves to bust balls. Like, yeah, the last time I called him, he answered the phone and said, to what do I owe the honor? Like, <laughs> he's just sort of a guy who's like, how can we mess with people? That's sort of in his in his DNA. So I was obviously on the uh, Yahoo show, so I, I'm just seeing some screenshots now of that. But I, 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 you guys may not know, his son is actually going to be drafted probably in two years. He's the right. starting left tackle at BC. He's, a good, he's yeah. a good player. So I don't know if, like, Tyler and some of his college buddies or teammates or whatever were involved in some of these shenanigans or if, like, Vrabel just picked up a couple of, like, out-of-work musicians in Nashville and started to <laughs> <laughs> just decided to, like, let, let's, like, be the most bizarre <laughs> as possible. Because it's not unlike Mike Vrabel to sit around bored and in quarantine and to call a couple of his assistant coaches and be like, so how could we really, really, like, make America laugh? Oh, yeah. And they put a guy on a toilet down the yeah, hall and that, open the yeah. door. That's like the killer detail there, too, you know? Like, you got to look for that one. And there so it is. So is the guy, like... Could you see it or was it like a reflection? Or no, like, you, you, you need the screenshot. And okay. then you look at the screenshot and you're like, oh, wait a minute. What is that in the background? You know, I mean. So. Now, did somebody open the door to like, like, uh, uh, the guy? Or? No, it seemed very intentionally set up. Okay. I mean, <laughs> first of all, if you're if you're going to go to the lengths of having Frozone and whatever the other dude was, then yes, you're going to set up the dude on the toilet too. All right. You know, you're, if you're in for, a, if you're in for a dime, you're in for a dollar. <laughs> that was just I'm fantastic. You, it was phenomenal. It was oh. the best draft ever. Yeah. No, just fantastic. So just. much better than all the, all the made up stuff. Yeah. Right. No scripts. So you just throw that crap out and this was just, Hey, one you didn't mention one of my favorite parts of it. Giants GM Dave Gettleman, who is in is in a room that absolutely is not his house. I will bet a thousand dollars that he was in a Marriott suite somewhere. Uh, you know, it's set up. There's nothing on the walls. And it's just it looks like a giant hotel room, and they've they've arranged stuff there and everything. <laughs> he makes his the attic. Pick. It looked like his attic. And like, it's pitched roof. I don't think it's an attic. Did it have a pitched roof? But anyway, so the, but he makes no decorations. Pick, makes the pick and then puts his mask on, which is another hint that he's not at home because you don't put your mask on. He's his. Wow. his personal protective equipment all of a sudden and he couldn't put it on right at first it's like what, that, what it, was, it was a lot they may have a technician there he may not be alone and he did he is uh -huh. 69 and he did go through chemo and beat cancer 
Okay. So he's an at-risk okay. guy. Oh, okay. So there yeah. is a little backstory there with Gettleman. But okay. it was very weird to see. So what I'm assuming, if, 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 on its own, it looks absolutely bizarre because the way they show it, he's alone in this room with this no decorations. It doesn't even look like dust. That's and what then he, he put, yeah, It just doesn't look like anybody's house. Right. It's like, why are you putting your thing on? But there very well may have been a technician there. Some of the guys... Goodell had like three guys there, right? Yeah. Yeah, Goodell, you know, so they're all, it's actually would have been safer for Goodell to just go to a, a studio somewhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. you know, they want to make, so whatever. Goodell Dan, gets can COVID. I cut in? We have some, we have some breaking news. It's okay. very important. We have an update on whether or not someone was taking a dump in Mike Frabel's house during the draft. Uh, okay. Teresa Walker, the longtime AP reporter from, uh, <laughs> from the Nashville area, tweets, <laughs> 12.50 a.m., so she's up, she's on it. She says, so Coach Brable says it's been a long quarantine, and the teens in his house wanted to do something different behind him when the Texans when the Titans picked. And Brable says that Tyler, his son, the B.C. left tackle, was on a bar stool next to mom, not on a toilet as something. So um. we have some... We have some we have some clarification. Mm. I would I would think if you oh. like called up like a blueprint of the house and found out whether that room was the was the bathroom or not, we could probably learn a little bit from there. But uh Mike Vrabel has a story and he's sticking to it. Uh, uh we can do the judge the judge duty uh segment on that later if we believe him or not. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can I'm gonna uh I'm gonna check another look. I mean Yeah, I'm going I'm going back to the to the screenshots here right I now. I don't know. I uh, I mean <laughs> First off, he's wearing short shorts. Then he also he's, he's hunched over like he's reading the paper. Now they probably <laughs> a kid that age has probably not got the newspaper. <laughs> I mean, I you know we don't want to I don't want a libel suit on this. <laughs> Could just okay. be hunched over. Yeah, checking the draft order. Uh well, what whatever it was well he's probably looking at twitter to see what people are saying about the nuttiness that his yeah. siblings are doing in the house i would think that would be that would be what i was doing if i was like 19 and the the teenagers i'm around were deciding to be goofy <laughs> who all right so if that's the case okay but still who like, is who is number who's wearing the 50 jersey with the mullet I, do we who is this person <laughs> <laughs> and then who is our our not exactly cut ripped uh frozone who are these people <laughs> we gotta know I, I do not have positive ids uh, uh i know Vrabel has a high school age son i think he's a baseball player okay. um and then uh, and then obviously tyler who is allegedly not on the toilet um <laughs> i think there's just i think he and jen just have two boys but i'm not i'm not sure i know of just i know of just those two so Okay. Uh, maybe it's the IT guy. We've heard a lot about these IT guys. Maybe uh, they look like Napoleon Dynamite extras or something. You yeah. know, I <laughs> <Like> they- <laughs> do. It's great. The yeah, the video that's on the Titans uh, Twitter feed shows Vrabel punching out like that monstrous plug of tobacco too into a cup. It's just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, draft record: fifteen first round selections for the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, must be media bias. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> ridiculous. Really was ridiculous. If you took the SEC, Ohio State, I was going to say Clemson, but really there was only two, two Clemson. Two from Clemson, Clemson two three. from Oklahoma. Three yeah, Ohio two, States. Three Ohio States, yeah. It, and that that's pretty much like the whole draft. You know, two yeah. TCUs, I guess, too, huh? I think yeah. I've said this before, but I had an NFL guy once say to me, we should just scout Alabama and LSU. <laughs> yeah. Just draft mm-hmm. their players. <laughs> just yeah. don't our scouting much department. Like the Ravens have done and it's worked. <laughs> you have two 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 scouts. That's all you need. One guy yeah. goes to the Alabama game, one guy goes to the LSU game. Don't need all the Maybe you others. pick off an Auburn guy along the way or something. Yeah, man. Sure. Maybe, yeah, two, see the two other Auburns in the, the other first team round. will come yeah. through. That's it. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. We're chasing guys all over the place. Uh eight yeah. first rounders in the Alabama LSU game of the century. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there will be numerous ones still to come. Yeah, eight first round picks in that game last year. Ooh, strong. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a typically nerdy thing that you're gonna make fun of me for. Or you typically do, but I believe Jordan Love was the only group of five player picked in the first round. Ah, that's I good. Could stat. Be, I, I was track I was tracking that for a little while, and then like you know everything's happening fast, and you kind of you know you kind of right. go. But like there was the the potential that Josh Jones, the tackle from Houston, um, 
who I probably spent like two hours of my life preparing for and then didn't have to talk about now that I'm bitter about it, um, <laughs> uh, was going to get picked. He did not. But I think that is it. So you talk about this, this divide that's only yeah. going to get bigger as yeah. we as we move on through this pandemic. And you, you just you, you're going to see this this yawning gap between the power five and the non power five. And uh, I think tonight. Was was an example of that. I don't know off the top of my head what those numbers would have been in past drafts. And again, power this, power that. Big East becomes this. Who knows? But like that's 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 a pretty telling sign. You know, there's usually a cat from Boise. There's usually, you know, there's just usually a Memphis guy lately. You know, there's usually yeah. somebody. American well, Athletic well, Conference, none in the TCU first round. TCU used to be, but now they're, right. you know, Big yeah. 12. They had two first that's rounders. Right. Yeah. Also, nine of the players, uh, were from the state of Texas. Nine first wow. rounders from the state of Texas. And and how none many Longhorns? Them, none of them played at mm-hmm. Texas or Texas A&M. Yeah. Huh. yeah, right. The two schools that spend the most money on college football. TCU had two. Texas Tech had one. In state, and then obviously the rest of them just went somewhere else. Yep. The amount of money, time, effort, ego and ridiculousness that Texas and Texas A&M spends on football almost uh, nearly a third of the first round and you got none of them unbelievable <laughs> that's that is an amazing stat really is it's like, impossible yeah cuz as you said nobody invests more in college football than those two schools and you don't get that many people from your own state crazy talent everywhere we got none of them yeah good job good work good effort you wonder if it's they take them too early you know like i don't know maybe like, that, that was always the knock and that's like, gary the patterson's line he always said yeah. that yeah. he's like these guys take all these kids i sit around the fall of senior year and go i'll take him i'll mm-hmm. take him <laughs> drive around to grand prairie or something like that sure let's boom over east texas for a couple days yeah i don't know but uh, you guys uh, want to hear about me betting on the draft, although not really technically betting? Yeah, well, right. yes. What ex- What is this? You, you, <laughs> you're far you're... too ethical to bet, Dan. We know that. God forbid. <laughs> you pretend so, pretend bet. What, it what, was what a happened? pretend bet. So the okay. problem was here. this. Sports wagering became legal in the state of Michigan on the Monday that COVID struck and, and shut everything mm. down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so, Michigan's uh, luck. It really is. Really is. (laughs) Two days later, there was no more sports. The NBA shut down. That was it. Uh, They are not yet allowed to bet mobily. You can only bet in a brick and mortar casino, which, of course, is closed. Mm, Yeah. I wanted to do this, but uh, this column on what it's like to bet the NFL draft, because what the hell? But uh, our uh, commander in chief and uh, a very ethical man. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Johnny Ludden said, I cannot do it like illegally. Uh, like, and then like, uh, I don't know. There's some yeah. kind of legal. If I post that on Yahoo and I, so really, so okay. I did not actually bet, but I pretended to bet, made 10 bets on the bet MGM board. They had 130 bets on the first round of the NFL draft. Tremendous. Can, can we like, can we see this? Because this is starting to sound like a lot of my friends that go to the racetrack I, I, that say I they win every my race. Picks okay. on Twitter at 7 it. p.m. Did you? Okay. Time stamped on Twitter. Okay. Okay. So one, two, three draft order. I called it. Trifecta, right. baby. Burrow Young Akuda plus 185. Second QB taken to Atunga Vailoa. Negative 179. I wasn't falling for that Justin Herbert garbage. (laughs) Chargers. First offensive lineman taken. I thought it was Tristan Wirfs plus 140. I was trying to go value pick there. The Giants head faked me and didn't take him. That was my loss. Thomas. Yep. Yep. Which team will draft Justin Herbert? I had the Chargers at 200 plus 200. Got that one. Total wide receivers taken over 5.5. There were seven, I believe. Negative 145. Were there seven? Hit, wow. Hit seven and still none of them were Michael Pittman, right? So that's, wow. Oh, wow. There's, there's great players in the second round. Total Big 12 players drafted over 3.5. I took that. That was even money. I thought that was easy. Nailed that. I think there was five. 
Sure. More first round picks, Big 12 versus ACC. I took the Big 12, negative 104. Got that one. All right. This was a bold one. More first round picks, Ohio State versus Clemson. Took the Buckeyes, plus 220. I was rolling. Yeah. That's, that was a good strike there. New York Jets, first round selection. I took CD Lamb, plus mm-hmm. 380. Mm. They should have taken him. Oh, so that's why they, that was, they should have taken him. That was very Pat Forty of you, Dan, to complain on Twitter about an outcome you predicted and wanted to happen <laughs> yes. and that didn't. So you blame their stupidity because you were wrong. Absolutely. Like the Pat Forty bull pick collection. Well, my pick would be right <laughs> if people weren't that stupid. You know? I lost a, an imaginary bet. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. one of my that's one of my favorite Pat Forty traits. Uh, <clears throat> just as as predictable as the tides. That's right. That's right. Uh, that picks would be much better. If people and were finally, smart. Arizona Cardinal first player drafted. I took a defensive. He could pick offense or defense. They thought Cliff was going to have a lot to say in it. Clearly, because that was the favorite. I got defense at plus two twenty. Cliff was sitting there without even a computer on his couch, man. He wasn't. Cliff's chilling. Yeah. In his, the his... reason he lost to Texas Tech because he didn't recruit any defensive players. Can't mm, let no him build kidding. the roster. Well, and then, my gosh, Isaiah Simmons drops to you. Oh, ah, got to take him. Yeah. That that was a slam dunk. That, that to me, might have been the best pick of the night, I think. It was a Isaiah Simmons at what, in the eight, background. I think it was. Isaiah Simmons, they're like, what position is he going to play? Like, how about on the field? Yeah, like whatever. Use him. The uh, yeah, the only pick I'd put in the same category was the Broncos getting Jerry Judy. Hello, thank you very much. So, would you bet the first round? I mean, I, I thought that well, was pretty easy. Some sure, of them, well, you, you got to search for value because some of the bets, you know, like Joe Burrow number <laughs> like going for, I think it was yeah, like no. negative ten thousand. Right. And then they'd have like it was like fifty plus fifty thousand for, for Jacob uh Eason. Like what you could put fifty <laughs> trillion down. <laughs> the the Joe Burrow goes number one bet was is a, a in horse racing parlance, that's a bridge jumper bet where you bet a hundred thousand to show on a <laughs> you know, a one to nine favorite. Because you're 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 going to bet an extraordinary amount of money to win not very much, and if it doesn't win, you're going to kill yourself. So yeah, um, but sure, I would have bet on that. You know, I mean that there hadn't been anything else to bet on, and all of a sudden here's the draft with all these things. Yeah, it's awesome. I was pretty excited, Pete. Would you bet the draft? You know, I'm not a big better. Um, I didn't know if it was actually available to do. Um, it was not and, in Massachusetts, so yeah, I think yes, you're fine. No, we are uh, we are we are more more liberal in that. I would actually think it'd be fairly easy to bet. Like again, like I don't bet, so I don't you know I don't know, and I don't think betting is easy. Like I think betting is you know we we always pick games and then bemoan how stupid we were the next week, <laughs> <laughs> or in Pat's case, bemoan how stupid the coaches were for not doing what he had instructed that they would do. Uh, regardless of all, it is betting is tricky, but some of these. As you outline them, Dan, and of course, this is probably your genius uh, shining through the Vegas lines. Of course. Uh, I wonder, like, if if there's a number of how much more money was bet on this draft than last draft. I would think it would be like by 40 times. I'm waiting to find that out. I'm waiting to find that out. Got to be an astronomical difference because there ain't been nothing else. There's still only a few states. Still only. It's coming now. And and I'll tell you, I I found it add a little little spark. Added a little spark. (laughs) <laughs> I uh and I I wouldn't I, I would have won nine hundred and forty six bucks if I had bet uh, my imaginary yeah. thousand. Yeah, that, and you probably would have bought us all drinks too I, in twenty twenty three when we gathered somewhere. I was a lot of say, bush light. That that yeah. is like seventeen years of bush light, isn't it? I mean For who? For, for who? you. <laughs> for I mean, nine hundred bucks for a for a very cheap beer? You just set yourself up for a long time if you had actually bet it. Uh, my, I, I would have gotten through that nine forty six a little quicker. I, you know, what, uh, what kind of beer do you think Makai Becton's dad drinks? <laughs> and how many could he drink? He could drink twenty four of them and not even <laughs> wobble. I mean, that his his hands were so big uh, you wouldn't even see a beer can in them. Did they show the Did they show the young family? 
on the in, they on the did draft? they did okay yeah. it was briefly so, and it was just so far at the beginning you know it's kind of hard to remember. Yeah. Chase was, Young's dad was one of the biggest humans I've ever seen in my life. Now Chase Young is a big human. Like let's yeah. be very clear about that. Chase Young's dad is like what I think of like a prototypical brawling 1980s power forward. He's six ten, and 6'10". he just has these. Yeah, oh yeah, in every bit of it too. Not six ten in the roster. Six ten measured out, and he has these broad shoulders, like big burly guy. When I first met him, I was like, oh, this all makes sense. And his mom's six foot. You know, she's, uh, you know, so anyway, he, he leveled off somewhere in the six five, six six range. But yeah, his his dad was a just lunar eclipse of a human. Well, yeah, Mackay well, Becton's dad, <laughs> he's got to be six 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 seven six eight and 400. Got to be four bills, don't you think? It's absolute. I mean, <laughs> oh, easy. Well, yeah. Mackay Becton was almost four bills when Scott Satterfield got the Louisville. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, they said they got him into shape. He's now in a three sixty three. Yeah, right. Although uh, I have not seen him run that forty until I saw it in the background tonight. Big boy can move. Oh Ooh. no, I mean it's legit. I mean, yeah. Some of that tape was fun, man. He was mauling guys, like yeah. chucking them to the ground. Well, that's <laughs> like, yeah. That that first punch, just like literally knocking people from Clemson and Florida State to the ground. It's impressive. Highly entertaining draft. Uh, all right, let's get to a little college football here because okay. uh, Pete. Had uh, had a good story on, um, and and we had more from Watch Stadium having, and ninety nine percent of ads think there'll be a college football season in the upcoming year. I don't know uh, that that surprised me. Can I uh, hijack this, Dan? Yeah. I have breaking breaking news. This is very important. I didn't mention this on the group text today because I was busy. I have a source, deep, deep, dark source, who delivered me straight to pod information today. There was an SEC coaches call, and the source called me and asked me a very critical question. Which two SEC coaches do you think struggled with the mute button the most on the Zoom conference call of SEC coaches? Oh, all right. This is my Please guess. Yeah, okay. no, this is. This is this is like when I was told this today, I was like, this is right in our wheelhouse. What two oh. SEC coaches could not figure it so out? So they had a coaches <laughs> yeah, Zoom. Yeah, they had a coaches Zoom. Just like everyone in America is having a Zoom. Like you have them with your office, Pat. We have them with our office, Dan. It's the Brady Bunch, Hollywood Squares. We want to say it's all 14 SEC coaches, some administrators, some other different people. And they're all talking about, you know, you know how long you need to get ready for the season and all that stuff. Who struggled with the mute button the most? All right, I got my two picks. There's All right, the, go, Dan. Coach O and Sam Pittman. I will reserve saying. Okay, now what? Give, give yeah, Pat, we'll go give Pat, Pat his we'll go name. Pat. Okay. Yep. See, I've got five candidates, and those are two of them. <laughs> those are two of them. The other candidates are Leach, Saban, and who's my fifth one? Uh, I don't remember now. I'm, I'm going to go with Sam Pittman, and I'm going to go with Leach. <laughs> Pat Ford, you are the winner. Ah, two yeah, for baby. two. Two for two. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, yes, sir. allegedly, Greg Sankey was saying, Coach Pittman, Sam, can you can you please find the mute button? And then it was like, <laughs> I can't find the mute button. <laughs> 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 and I'm hearing this and I'm literally like have tears streaming down my face because all I'm thinking of, if there was ever a topic gifted from the pod gods, I was like, it, it could be draft night. I don't care. I was like, this is the topic gifted from the pod gods. There was no uh, way yes. Sam Pittman wasn't it, a choice. I mean, it just yeah, was yes. no way. Yeah. Yes. No, no, I, Sam, <laughs> Sam Pittman it went. Multiple sources suspicious Leach may have not been on the call at all at the end because <laughs> because he didn't show up with his picture. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, and so then, like, he never hung up. So everybody was like, was he really there after he had finally hit the mute button? He had to call his wife over to help him. You know, I hit that button. I didn't like the back and forth. <laughs> Saban will have someone there's like someone well, standing yeah. at attention yeah. by his desk yeah, exactly like, yeah, like those yeah. those soldiers outside Buckingham Palace <laughs> <laughs> yeah everyone what do you need what do you need that coach need yeah, anything coach need anything so yeah oh Pruitt, hey, Pruitt was my other my other nominee oh yeah no Pruitt's yeah. a good guess Pruitt's yeah, a good but, guess uh, yeah Saban is that an IT guy in his Winnebago since like uh, 2007 <laughs> not just for this draft right. like, they've got a guy on the staff on the Alabama football staff whose job is Zoom mute button. 
Damn it. <laughs> yeah, and his name is Butch Jones. <laughs> oh, that might be the line of the year, Sully. Good one, Sully. Good one. <laughs> A little Tennessee salt right yeah. there. Yeah, I, uh, I usually don't like to hijack the pod, but I felt like that was critical enough information uh, where I where I needed to uh, I needed to. Uh, <laughs> all engage. right, well that's good. All right, so uh, you wrote a story about this uh, the the chances of a college season, and you're and, and there's a growing sense that what college football needs to do, maybe not today, but they need to think about just sitting there and punting and saying we're going to start in January. Because this kind of hangout to dry isn't going to work real well. Just reboot and have football as a spring sport, something like that. Tell tell me what you wrote. I won't I won't uh, get get it wrong. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty simple concept. It, it starts with, and I'm going to give Stuart Mandel, our uh, old friend uh, at the Athletic, credit for this. He wrote a bowl a bowl book before Dan wrote his bowl book. His was a little bit uh, less. Um, how do we say? Mean. Uh, Yes, mean, exactly. <laughs> Stuart's a much nicer guy than you, Dan. I think yes. everyone would agree with that. Less of an all-out jihad, yeah. Yes, exactly. Stuart's book was called Bulls, Souls, and Tattered Poles, I believe. Uh, Bulls, Poles, and Tattered Souls, maybe. Yes, it was a good book. So anyway, in it, there's a chapter that has resonated in my mind a decade later where he just basically said, no one's in charge. And the whole theme of the chapter was no one's in charge. And all these years covering college sports, I have stolen that line liberally from Stuart because you know why? No one's in charge. And so right now, we're in the situation with college football where not having anyone in charge is really problematic because essentially there is zero chance. I would stand on the table and scream this right now. There is zero chance come September 5th or August 29th or week zero that all 130 FBS teams can be back up playing on campus and have fans in the stands to start their season. Now, I don't think you guys would disagree with me on that. For 130 schools in 40 different states or whatever it is with all the local municipalities to have fully functioning teams in full stadiums in September, I no say shot. that is impossible, right? I would say highly, highly unlikely. First off, Idaho yes. just okay. dumped out anyway, so more. <laughs> but yeah, yeah highly, yeah. No, so virtually I'm, I'm, impossible. Yes, virtually impossible. So then yeah. you have to go to – like, okay, do we fracture it up? Do we wait? But the, the problem with what's going to happen, you can see it from a million miles away. There's no one in charge. And then college presidents are terrible decision makers. And ADs and conferences are going to hold out for their own slice of the cookie. And nobody's going to look out for the greater good. This is all eminently predictable. And so what's going to happen is everyone's going to wait. Oh, maybe we can wait. Maybe we go back July. Maybe we can go. Maybe, 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 maybe. And meanwhile, like, it's going to be the deli slicer. Oh, we're going to lose a week. We're going to lose this. And... It's essentially going to be drip, 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 and the season is going to be—I want to say—ruined, but it's going to, it's going to be bled out. And I think within the next three weeks, what college leaders need to do is take a long, hard look at how the reintegration process is going to completely eliminate the chance of a normal fall. And if there's no chance of a normal fall from Seattle to the Bay Area to like the places where the beaches are open, these are very different places. All right, and so. If you want college football as a whole to return, you say, you know what? Let's give us eight months. Let's give it time for vaccinations, treatments, herd immunity eventually, et cetera. And let's schedule the winter slash spring. Let's set a schedule. Let's get TV on it. Let's sell tickets, you know, and not refund tickets, which is a big issue on these campuses that are hemorrhaging money. And let's sit back and say, okay. We'll, let, we'll, we'll watch the NFL do what they do. We'll watch MLB do what they do. We'll watch the NHL and the NBA do what they do. And then we'll come out on the other side armed with this information and armed with the fact that if colleges don't have kids back on campus in January, essentially the American higher education institutions are going to start folding left and right. So let's gamble on in eight months. There's some solutions and there's a clear path back as opposed to four months from now when you have to be back for camp when there's almost no chance that 130 schools can do it. So that's the basic thesis of my article. As you can probably tell by the tone of my voice, I feel very strongly about it. I, I just feel like, oh, maybe October, maybe November, you're just going to uh, inertia yourself into in, into no decisions. It's, it's just going to be atrophy. So 
I think there's the much stronger, cleaner model for the sport is to double down and say, we got a way better chance to do this in January from Clemson to Washington to UCLA. You know, like you think Rutgers is thinking about going back to school right now? I mean, New Jersey, there's like refrigerated trucks outside the hospitals for dead bodies. Like there's no way that can happen. And I I, I could name six, seven schools that just knowing the the devastation in the immediate geographic areas that are the same way. So again, my thought is a thought that will not occur. It's let's think of the sport as a whole. Let's bring everyone together, harness our power economically with TV. Let's not fracture it up. Let's move it all into the, into the January to April window, push the NCAA tournament right behind it and, and, and schedule the college sports season that way. So there's a chance to do it with fans to maximize things economically, and most importantly, safely. All right, before we get to the obvious hurdles there, Pat, what do you basically think of, of, the, of the concept of just pulling the Band-Aid off idea? There's a lot of merit to it, but why are we doing it now? There's no reason to do it now. We, let's wait and see. Let's get a little more data. Let's get a little more information. Let's see what's going to happen. We do not have to make this decision. When this podcast comes out, it's going to be April 23rd. We don't have to make any decisions on April 23rd. We don't have to make it on May 23rd. June 1st, yeah, you're getting closer. Uh, July I think 1. We, July 1, I talked to somebody, you know, very much involved in this who say, told me yesterday, 60 to 75 days, which gets us to July something, you know. 60 gets us close to July. So there's no need to make the a a declaration that there will be no football in the fall with no fans. I mean, you know, they, they made us, everybody may decide we'll have football in the fall without fans or with limited fans. And that's better than asking Wisconsin to play a home game on January 15th uh, or Minnesota to play a home game on January 15th. You know, if you push it all the way to February March, April, May, that may be more palatable. But then even I, I, the schools in the north are going to have a hard time hosting games. In right, that we'll, sort we'll, of get situation. To, we'll get to those parts in a sec. Okay. Pete's right. There's nobody in charge. And, and, that, and thus, it takes a long time to turn the Titanic around. One of the things I like about and why I think that there will be an NBA uh, playoff, at least, and I believe there will be an NHL playoff, I still believe those things will happen, is because it's they can organize really easy. There's not that many teams, and there's somebody in charge, and there's a lot of they're all kind of on the same page uh, to a to a to a respect. And so, certain things that they can do, like, all right, if we're going to play the NBA Finals over four weeks in August, we will. And if if that's how long we got to wait, and we play and 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 then we just won't start the season until January. Like we can just we can just shuffle things really quick because people are like, well, what a season start right now? You know, who cares about October basketball? You want LeBron versus Kawhi on national television, right? That's what you want. You want Greek Freak against the Lakers. That's what you want. So college football, I, I agree with Pete's problem is there as Stewart was really one of the great observations Stewart ever had. You show up, who's in charge around here? Nobody. Okay, and as we talk often on this podcast, it's why there's so many problems it's also why this thing is so freaking glorious because no one's in charge so it's total mayhem but i agree i also agree with pat i i I think you may get there pete but until july 1 i don't think you got to cancel anything and then you would have time i would think to to set up the tv and the scheduling and all that it would be interesting but go ahead you have a rebuttal since we well so i'm not i'm not saying they need to do this tomorrow but what i'm saying is he did say a few weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, what I'm saying is you got to be ready to do this. Like if right. you don't see this coming and you don't see this as the cleanest option, not you guys, but just if leaders don't see this as the cleanest option and the smartest option, I just think it's foolish. I think there's a lot of hoping that doesn't match the reality. 
And so, I, I yeah, I agree with Pat. It's a good point. And look, look, it's not perfect. What happens to the draft? What happens to the senior bowl? The, the weather's terrible. Can you move games indoors? Like I was thinking about in New Jersey. Like I don't even know where there's an indoor stadium you could play around here in Boston. Like where does BC play? Like I like there's you know what? And some of it is you just may have to suck it up and play outside in front of four thousand people, and that's awful. But like you know, there's it's there's no clean way out of this. But Wishing and hoping for football to come back is not going to get us there. And I just I, feel I like think that's one where of, a lot of administrators are. Yeah, one of college sports' problems. And I, I remember when Herb Street came out originally and said, you know, I, I don't I don't know how we're going to have a season. And and he got attacked. Yeah, right. You know, not just by fans. But you have to be positive. We, if, you know, it's like, what, what? what is that? I don't get that. Let's be realistic. May not happen. Sorry. It, nobody's just because Kurt Her, Kirk Herbstreet says it doesn't mean it's now going to happen, right? He's just bringing up a valid point. And I think we've been honest the whole time. Yeah, that's no, we're okay. actually a sleeper cell that doesn't want the season to happen. Yeah, like again, we're like, like, we're like uh, that Mike Gundy News Network trying to plot. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the 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 season to not have. We all hate college football, actually. Right. And, and, right, and so you have Mike Gundy to know what he's talking about, hoping it happens. All right, fine, that's his job. He can hope. He's not the one in charge to make. He'll never make a decision, so I don't really care. But issues with this idea: second semester football. Okay, obviously the schools need money. Uh, if they don't have a football season, these athletic departments are in huge, huge problems. Will greatly alter the sport going forward. All different things, I, I would think, and, and alter college athletics. So they've got to make a buck. Still, the weather. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know how you do this. Like Big Ten football ends in November. It doesn't even get into December. Right. Let alone January. I have covered NFL playoff games in Green Bay in January. It is freaking brutal. Yeah. It is awful. It is painful. And those guys are making tons of money, and it only happens every few years. Or, or you know, when you got that. Chicago. I mean, you go, oh, they're used to playing in the cold in the, in the Big Ten. No, they're not. The season's no. over the week right. after th- after Thanksgiving. It's still pretty good. You might get some snow one day. You don't get that that five below, and the turf is is frozen solid. I got no idea how you do that. And then I got this one, and we talked about the draft tonight. Why the hell would a good player play football next spring? Like You'd well, have yeah. to get the NFL yeah. to shift up their whole – if you're Trevor Lawrence – yeah. If you ain't playing in September, I'm done. Sure. Because I'm the number one pick in the draft. And if Trevor Lawrence suited up for Clemson next spring, it would be idiotic. Yeah. Now, God get- bless him if he loves his school that much. But as a as a simple a, a simple good idea, this would not be one of them. And and right. that would be true for a hundred, two hundred guys. Like I, I'm yeah. good. Well, keep the supplemental thing. draft all of a sudden get a spike. So, of course. The supplemental yeah. draft seniors. is weird, by the way. Like, there's no date set on it, typically. Like, it's like, by need, it's a very strange thing. Like, when digging the supplemental draft, it's, like, very liquid. It's it's bizarre. But, like, um, Pat, what's the name of the safety from Ohio State from Jacksonville who people thought were going to go to the draft? Is it Sean Wade? Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Okay. So yeah. he's like, you know, going to be a first round pick, but he came back to be a little higher. And in uh, like, does he just say, you know what, what am I doing here? You know, we're going to play Bowling Green on February 2nd, like, you know, in the horseshoe. That's not a great <laughs> idea. So like, no, I look, it's not perfect. I'm not, I'm not sitting here being like, I had the greatest idea ever. No, I, proof, I, but there are no it, good ideas. No, there yes. aren't. That's the, yes. there's, and yes. one of yeah. the reasons. We need Jonas Salk. Jonas Salk, like <laughs> yeah. the 2020 needs to yeah. come save us. That's well, and idea. even if Jonas Salk has already figured it out, the, the you know, things aren't going to get, yeah. the, the vaccine's not going to be available till January or whatever. So that's where uh, there's a lot of reasons why what you're saying makes sense about this is probably the most uniform time to make it happen because people are literally, literally all over the map. In Georgia, let's go. Let's open everything. In California, hell no, we're not opening anything. So to try to, if you want to have a uniform national starting date, it's going to be really difficult. And you are probably going to have to look later as opposed to earlier. But again, I just, I want to see where, how things play out between now and June 1st. And then 
Steve, from June 1st. To, if there's if there's a lot of progress, if there's hope, then we wait till July 1st and we can maybe make some declarations. But we'll see. Somewhere in that in that June window, I think, is where uh, we're going to get around to making more concrete uh, decisions of what's going to happen. It's perilous, though. It's perilous. Absolutely. Incredibly perilous. I, you know, we'll see. I, The idea of, of 100,000 fans anywhere at any point in time just seems increasingly remote. Here's a here's a question, like a football nerd question, but kind of interesting, like kind of perfect pod fodder. If you're going to have a season, you, you need to have a playoff and a conclusion, right? Like at the very least, you need to maximize that financial component of it. How many games need to be played so the college football playoff committee can pick the four best teams? Like how many games do you really need? Like, is it eight? Is it 10? Is it only league? Like, does Clemson need to play Notre Dame? Does Army need to play Navy for America? I hope the heck so, right? Like, if Army playing Navy, we're doing it all wrong. Uh, just like, 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 there's all these crazy little nuances, but I think it's an interesting point. Like, how much is enough of a sample size to know if a team is fit for a playoff? Well, that's a very good question. And if, you know, if you want to use history, we could retrofit it there. You know, they used to play nine game seasons. They used to play 10, yeah. then they played 11, yeah. then they played 12. It was all just, we need more home games, we need more home games. That's why we're going to keep doing it. Um, but there was no playoff then either. And, you know, no committee. So, uh, you know, maybe you make a bigger playoff. How about that? Have 12 teams, have, you know, 16, have, you know, at least eight and see they'd cast a wider net to make up for lack of a full set of empirical data for 12 or 13 games. If you're a first rounder, like, do you return for one of these, like this halfway seasons? You're, you're asking them to play two seasons in one year. If, if 2021 goes off, but on even time. like, even if like, okay, I, I, I'm, you know, I want to come back, play at Ohio State. I want to run out in the horseshoe. I want campus buzzing. All the great stuff about college football. I want to play Michigan. I want to try to win the national title. And they're sitting there saying, you're going to play in an empty stadium sometimes, and we might only play eight games, and we're not sure what's going to happen. And, man, I'm staying home. I I don't know. Like, that's not what I signed up for. I, just, well, I think that dra supplemental draft would be interesting. Uh, sure. So this is de and depressing to think about. It is, but but there's also there's fewer and fewer college kids that sign up for that. They sign up for college football as a way to get to the NFL, and so yeah, you make that you make the the college part of it that much more perilous and complicated. Yeah, there could be an increasing number, a much increasing I'll number. I'll just of work them out. Saying, yeah, I'm gonna work it. out. Maybe they can go to the G League place with the, at the Mamba <laughs> Academy. Jalen <laughs> Green, like be, yeah. uh, be 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 Trevor Lawrence and uh, yeah. Sean Wade. Who else? Who else would be there? I actually I actually peaked at a 2021 mock draft the other day, oh, which boy. are always like bandit basement, like you know, like completely yeah. ridiculous and inaccurate. Not not I mean, regular mock drafts are completely ridiculous and inaccurate and wonderful. By the way, nobody likes mock drafts. I get stare at mock drafts all day. It's, they're the best. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Even Trevor Lawrence, who I think really you know, has a lot of the old college try in him. And I yes. sat there and watched him cry after that loss to LSU and how he's saying right then and there, we're coming back to win it in 2020. Well, things are now a lot different. So you got to, you got to throw the college old college try up against a whole lot of potentially really different reality. Yeah. I mean, talk about somebody who has nothing else to prove. Like Trevor I, Lawrence has nothing, nothing else. Nothing. To prove. I can tell you on my now that I'm a, a draft gambler. Uh, the odds are out for the first pick of the 2021 draft. T minus negative 250. Yeah. I actually think there's some value with that. Yeah, uh, right. Justin Fields is plus 350. P. Sewell plus 500. Oh, Penny Sewell from yeah. Uh, Oregon. Yeah. Interesting. You know, and that, like, what would Joe Burrow have been a year ago? That's the thing. He was a fifth round pick, man. Like, yeah. He like, would have been plus 4,000. Like, I called around and, like, you know. Oh, I, wow. And you would have thought you're not getting ahead of Tua, but you don't know. So maybe Trevor gets hurt. I don't know. I old takes exposed myself the other day on Google. So I was, like, trying to Google the article I wrote on Joe Burrow in the fall. So I Googled my name and Joe Burrow. And what came up first was an article I wrote the previous fall before they played Alabama 
where an SEC coach told me, <laughs> LSU will get exposed in this game because Joe Burrow isn't any good. He's a game manager, which at the time, by the way, was very accurate. And LSU, I don't believe, scored in that game. Is that right, Pat? Two years ago? Yeah, it was like 23 nothing. I want to say they were shut out two years in a row. I, I'd have yeah. to look it up. And then Joe Burrow was one of those games. So anyway, that mm -hmm. was just funny to like, I'm looking for this fawning article on Joe Burrow and I find like <laughs> me ripping him, which is great. <laughs> Before we go, Pat, you mentioned the um, state of Georgia or somebody did. Uh, relaxing its its rules. Yeah, yeah. Which rule relaxer is better, the opening of bowling alleys <laughs> or tattoo parlors? <laughs> what oh, is the more God. Georgia opening? Because that's what I really loved about the opening. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought when you were gonna, when these states were going to open, they'd be like, "All right, we're going to allow construction." Yeah, we're gonna allow we're gonna allow like highway like big businesses. We're gonna open the auto factories. We're gonna open you know big 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 industry. Right, that's what I thought. I'd be like, okay, you know what? It's a little risky. We don't know, but you know what? It's very important if we're gonna get the economy moving to like make cars. Like that's that's something we need to do. Build skyscrapers. This is that's a lot of this. Re, there's a lot in there. Concrete and a lot of things. I did not think. That two of the first industries <laughs> were going to be bowling alleys and tattoo parlors. That is the most Georgia thing I have ever heard. Yes, it is. First tattoos of Power G, man. It's the when G. you come back, I, I know when doubt you about come it. Back, what's the first coronavirus tattoo that will be inked up down in Georgia? It's the G, baby. <laughs> Commit to the G. No doubt about it. But still, I will say this. I, I really think I would rather have a tattoo than go to a bowling alley. I was talking to my son about this because we was he was saying how, you know, they they go his teammates go bowling at, you know, in Athens. And I was like, I'm never going to put someone else's shoes on again. Never. <laughs> ever. I'm not doing it. You know? So I hate Stick to your fingers in the hole. Actual, I, I hate to. I, yeah, the fingers in the hole. I didn't think about that. Um, <laughs> I hate to follow that line of thinking, especially up with a serious <laughs> question. But like, Pat, how would you feel about your son going back to school at Georgia uh, in three months? Uh, like that, wait, wait and see. TBD. Yeah, no, I know. You I know? know. I'm not trying to be too fatalist here. But like, yeah. if if like, I don't know. I just feel like some of these Southern governors are like, come on back. The beaches are open. Everything's great. They're just yeah. setting themselves up for this second wave that we've seen in all these European countries. Like right. the future is played out in front of us in all this. And we just need to like, like remember the old uh, Oklahoma, Texas game when they had the script on the, like the, we, we have the script. We've seen it all these other places. We need to follow it. No, I, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's going to be totally TBD and you know, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it seems completely rash to be doing what they're doing right now and and we'll see what the collateral damage is from it i mean maybe who knows maybe they come out smelling like a rose but disagree. you just feel that way because you hate college football and you don't want to yeah, see that's it. It. <laughs> so just admit that's it, it. Yeah. listen <laughs> if you got a sweet sleeve on one arm <laughs> and you can hook it right into that <laughs> right into the pocket with the other it's all damn worth it well, I care if 55 people That's die in a nursing it. home. <laughs> <laughs> Bowl 225 the other night. You see this? <laughs> Had a turkey, seventh, eighth, ninth frames, baby. What Come on. The, again, what the hell was going on on the committee to reopen Georgia that these were the businesses? I'm not opposed to it. I'm just confused. <laughs> <laughs> what makes the leadership look competent? That's it. Well, we got to open the bowling arm. alleys. Oh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And I mean, I got a half a tattoo here. <laughs> 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 They're right on top of you with that gun. I mean, the ink. Oh, my God. I love Georgia. <sighs> I love it. Good yeah. job, Georgia. People think Atlanta's Georgia. It ain't. No. <laughs> No. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's if, just stuck there, surrounded fine, by it. Yeah. <laughs> if these fine political leaders are proven to be wrong, and there is a second wave in their states, and like they need to pull it back, I'll be curious how well they do admitting that they 
Yeah, oh, blame it on someone well. else. That's yeah, that's, I guess so. that's blame it on China. Blame it's I was just, you took the words right out of my <laughs> yeah. mouth. The tattoo. We need tattoos, man. <laughs> need tattoos. <laughs> Essential. Did you, did you get a bush light tattoo on your back? I'm gonna get one. I might go. I might drive to Georgia just to get one now that it's legal <laughs> down there. <laughs> Son of dude, just, just to support the cause. Yeah. Uh, go dogs. That's it. All right. I think we've gotten too deep into the uh, booze. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, that that hour definitely went by faster than most podcasts. Do. They yeah. used to go by fast. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back uh, back next week with more chat. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it on social media. Leave us a rating if it's good. If not, if you don't think this was good, I don't know why you listen so long. And uh, good luck to everyone drafted in rounds two through uh, whatever, seven. We will uh, we'll, we'll have more uh, hijinks. I'm sure there's more home home videos coming so we'll take care of that we'll see you guys next week i'm mike lizikoff chief investigative correspondent for yahoo news and i'm dan Clydman, editor-in-chief of yahoo news we're the hosts of skullduggery a podcast that not only breaks down the news but also breaks news we deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering dc scandals with our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus to the 2020 elections we interview those helping to shape the stories so subscribe to and download skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at skullduggerypod